Good morning. All right, it's a little better. We're waking up. Um, so this morning I have uh, something to share with us, um, something to kind of ruminate on, especially as we're uh, thinking about, you know, post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas time. Um, kind of give this before I say a prayer over our giving, right, over our, our tithes and offerings. And just a reminder, those tithe boxes are on the back doors there. Um, so I'll get into it here. So this morning, in preparing our hearts for the Christmas season, I'd like to read a, a fairly well-known piece of scripture from Isaiah 9 that um, was itself a prophetic uh, preparation for the Savior in Israel. So it goes like this, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon the land that is distressed. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of shadow, in the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments that are just rolled in blood will be used for nothing more than burning and the fuel for fires. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform all of this. So now, if you've even read a part of the book of Isaiah, you know that sections like this are, are little treasures amidst a dense sea of judgments of reprimands and cries of both anger and a deep remorse over the many destructions and invasions and wars and famine that are predicted for the future of the people that the book is directed towards. So in other words, it's really not a book of all sunshine and rainbows like we might like to think just by reading that passage. Uh, Isaiah wasn't afraid to, to tell it like it was. Uh, and even though we know that Israel mostly ignored Isaiah during his lifetime, uh, they must surely have recognized the truth of his words once they started seeing um, those painful things come up, come about, the, the subjugation of Babylon and Persia and things like that. Their cities destroyed, their people scattered again and again, uh, all due to their own ignorance and their own foolishness. Uh, and if we are to read Isaiah correctly, it is to say that the hundreds of dark, unprosperous, and, and difficult times that they had to face were by their own making and their own choices. Um, for their rejection of God. Uh, and in fact, if you read the verses just prior to this section that I read, um, we're given a picture of a people who look at their circumstances, who look at the darkness or the gloom uh, of the world and the power of the nations, the mistakes and the ill intents of kings and the governmental powers around them. Uh, they look all around and they respond by cursing God. They say, we don't need you, we don't want you. Um, but here we find the next, the next verse, the response that God gives us is nevertheless, is the first word. Though you uh, will face difficulty because of your rejection, I will not abandon you to that gloom. Um, I will not abandon you to your fear. In fact, I will fight on your behalf. I will establish a kingdom that will reign over all of that, um, one ruled by, not by might, 
uh, not by the lust for power or wealth or blood like the people you see all around you, um, but by an unshakable peace. And I give it as a gift unto you, you people who are foolish, <laughs> uh, who I, but I, who I love more than my own life. So whether it's in big ways or small ways, I, I would bet that we all in some way resemble the Israelites here, don't we? Um, maybe there's some of us here today that we feel are a bit irredeemable sometimes. Uh, maybe we've wrecked some aspect of our life. Uh, maybe that's a relationship, some, relate, uh, some bridges we've carelessly burned um, and we regret maybe later on. Uh, maybe it's some bad financial or career decisions we've made. Or maybe we've fallen into some bad crowd. Or maybe we even haven't been so great to our bodies and our health is starting to catch up to us. Uh, but if you're feeling the fool this morning, uh, when you go out from here this Christmas season, um, I want you to look into the mirror and hear these words um, as we were read in Isaiah and, and put yourself into it. So when you look in, look in the mirror, you say, unto me, unto Peter Coffin, I would say, Jesus was born, and unto me, Peter Coffin, he was given, and unto me, his infinite kingdom of redemption was gifted freely. And in that kingdom, the economy is never in a slump. Um, whatever it is you feel that you have destroyed, I believe that the Lord wants to redeem it and return what is lost and to heal what is broken in you, even today. So, Father, I thank you that while we were yet sinners, you repaid all for us. The thing that we could never repay, that debt, the thing we owe, is something that is completely lifted off of our shoulders, that you bear it just as you bear all things, as we read in Isaiah here. So I just pray that as we go out and we think about you as a babe in that manger, as we're looking forward to that, that you would help us to be humble. You would help us to be the peace to those around us and to be a light to this world. In your name, amen. Amen. Praise God. That is good. I want to thank the worship team again, too, this morning for leading us in worship. And actually, this Wednesday night, we're having an all-teams worship night. We had one in September, and we're having one this Wednesday again, so we won't have the prayer meeting. But if you're someone that would just like to spend an evening in worship for God, we want to invite you to come and join us with that. Um, so... There are a few more announcements here, too. We have them on the screen there. But um, we will be partaking of communion today, the Lord's Supper. And we want to welcome anyone who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to partake with us in that. A little bit later, we will be having a meal, fellowship meal after the service. And our youth, Tent Strike Church youth, are going to be, they have been preparing it. They'll be serving that. <clears throat> And see the 9.30 activities, Wednesday activities will be there again. I already mentioned the evening time. There'll be church decorating starting at 10.30 here. And uh, Bible study by Grandma Joyce and Glennis and I know Judy. Oh, that'll be on. And then we wanted to mention the offering that we took for the Sean Knudsen family who who had a fire that destroyed their home here a while back was $1,500. So we just thank God that we were able to help uh, when they got the check. The, the wife just said, wow. And we say, wow, thank you. 
Lord, that we can be of some help there. Upcoming events, the quilting sale is continuing. You'll see that over by the kitchen area in Fellowship Hall. We're having our annual Christmas story on December 16. A really great story we're going to have. And uh, on 23rd, we're going to have a Christmas service and concert with Kent and team. We'll be leading that, and we'll have a year's end service on December 30th. Now, if, if you don't get the email about this each week and you'd like to, just uh, send an email to tstrikechurch at gmail.com and ask to get on the list, and we'll get that to you. Otherwise, it's on our uh, Facebook page as well. And then I want to mention, again, the past couple of weeks, I've mentioned that there's a piece of property that Bill and Donna Wasco lived on, which they gave to the church in 2008, uh, Donna now resides in heaven, and Bill has moved to a, um, a care facility in Kellier, and he has requested that the property be sold at this time, and the funds for the sale be given to TCC. If you have comments about that, you can share it with either our deacons or elders. It's very likely that next Sunday we will have a time for you to confirm that. Um, that we will do that in a special time there. So just keep that in mind. Going on to our message today. Um, It's one of those mornings when the Lord's brought some change to what I originally had planned. There's some of it here that I'm going to share, but... Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how he brings illumination. He brings the light on things so that we see the truth and the realities of, of Jesus Christ and uh, of God and the spiritual kingdom that is around us. And... <clears throat> We're going to talk about that some more today, but there's a story that was written by H.G. Wells. It's a short story. You might have heard of it, The Country of the Blind. Uh, He wrote it at the beginning of the last century, actually. And in this story, he writes about a tribe in a remote valley in a towering mountain range. He has the setting in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador. And um, it's a situation where these people had gone there to flee the Spanish uh, invaders, and and they were in this deep valley. And then an earthquake and landslides happened, and they got blocked off, and they just simply couldn't couldn't get out. And um, a terrible epidemic happened there. And all the villagers eventually lost their sight over time. Uh, And eventually, entire generations grew up having no awareness of sight or the world that they weren't able to see. 
And in the story, it goes on actually 15 generations. But because of their handicap, they do not know their true condition, nor can they understand what their world looks like. I mean, they lost it. You know, originally the it started with the ch- children becoming blind when they were born, but after generation and generation and generation, there were none left anymore that had ever seen what was around them. And um, so they couldn't imagine even the realms that might lie beyond their valley. They couldn't see it in their mind's eye. They just weren't seeing it. It was dark. It was darkness. Well, in many ways, spiritually speaking, we live in the country of the blind. The disease of sin, it's blinded us to God and his truth, which are real, but they're unseen. But thank God Jesus has come to our valley from heaven to show us the truth about his Father and his great salvation. And he's given us his Holy Spirit so that our eyes might see the truth. You know, our great, 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 great ancestors, Adam and Eve there in the garden, they saw, I mean, they, they lived in that realm. But then sin came in. And in all these generations that have passed, you know, that blindness took over. But through Jesus Christ, we have illumination. Aren't you so thankful for that? And he continues to bring illumination. He continues to open up our eyes so that we can see. I believe he'll help us to see things even today that we haven't seen before. Every day, we can see new shades and new glimpses and new uh, areas where before it's been dim and it becomes clearer where the light is, is shown unto us. But in 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4, we're going to read that now from the New King James Version. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So it's in knowing God and through Jesus our Lord who's come to our valley of darkness and blindness, grace and peace are multiplied to us. I mean, it just multiplied to us. We learn more and know more of grace and peace. As his, verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all the things that pertain to life and godliness, Again, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now, if we're currently not living in the reality of what Jesus has made possible for us, we're either ignorant 
We, we don't know, we lack the knowledge, or we have somehow been tricked out of them by a deceiving devil. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But 2 Peter 1.2 said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That word knowledge from a Greek root word meaning to know upon some mark. In other words, it's marked in our hearts. It's marked in our minds. It's marked in our lives when we come to know something. And we're talking about not just knowledge or information stuffed into our brain. We're talking about heart knowledge where it's something that it's there. It's in our spirit. It's in our heart. And we know it. And when we have it in our heart as opposed to our head, we act as though and we live as though and we talk as though it's really true, the truth that we have learned that's been illumined to us. The truth about grace. The truth about peace. We're living in it. I, I had a, a professor, Professor Hudson, in, in um, college that would always say, there's 18 inches between heaven and hell. That's the way he put it. He said, if you just got all the information in your head about the Bible, you're not saved. But it's when you get it in your heart, and then you believe. And believing is a decision. You're believing the Word of God. And that's the decision point we have to come concerning all the promises of God. That we believe them, and then we act in faith. We walk in faith, not by sight. But the Holy Spirit illumines. He brings knowledge to our heart, and he marks it there in us. And it goes on to recognize, to become fully acquainted with, to perceive, to have full discernment. So how are we enabled to receive the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's through the Word. It's God's Word. And our helper, the Holy Spirit, who brings the light. He turns the light on. Turns the light on. Now grace... Grace and peace be multiplied to you. That word grace, well, it brings hope to believers. The finished work of Jesus, when it is known and received personally by faith, brings us wholeness, completeness, shalom, peace. You know, some people say, people say that the Christian life is very hard to live. The truth is, it's not hard. It's really impossible for a human being to live it outside of the Holy Spirit's help and Jesus himself living through us. But by his Spirit, he wants to live it in us today, through us. Because his Spirit... The Spirit of Christ has now come when we are born again and it's joined together with our spirit. He is joined together with our spirit, not it. He is joined together with our spirit. 
We're a new creation, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We're a new creation. We're recreated in Christ. And our spirit is just as perfect as Jesus. Did I lose anybody there? Let the Holy Spirit's light come on you. Let, it, let his light illumine your heart and your mind to receive that. You're new, you might say regenerated or born again spirit that has received the life of God. The old is not there anymore. It's the new. Just as perfect, just as righteous before God as Jesus. But it's by grace. It's not that you earned it. It's by grace. It's not by our own efforts that we can fulfill the law, ever. It has already been fulfilled on our behalf by Jesus. And the price for our sins has already been paid on the cross. All of it. And all of God's anger and wrath has been poured out on Jesus. You know, sometimes it's hard to read the Old Testament. In my readings now, I'm in like Ezekiel and... Uh, Deuteronomy and it's all about the law and it's about punishment for not fulfilling the law and all that and actually it's hard sometimes to read has anybody ever found that too some of the parts of the Old Testament but you see but it's all pointing forward and it's all showing us it all points forward to the cross Aren't you thankful for the cross? <laughs> oh, aren't you thankful that Jesus gave his body, it was broken for us, he gave his blood, it was shed for us, and all of the wrath of God came upon Jesus. See, what we need to do today is to see this. And it's the Holy Spirit who turns, turns the light on so that we can see it. Otherwise, we can't see it. We're in the valley of the blind. We're in the land of the blind. I was blind, but through him I can see. And there's a world of people out there that are blind. They're walking right, the kingdom of God is right here. Let me tell you, this room is full of angels. Jesus himself is here in our midst because he said he would be. Did you know that? I'm not kidding. That's what the Bible says. Jesus said it. He's in our midst right now. There, of course, is the demonic realm too. But people go through life and we are so focused on the flesh. In this book, in this short story, Wells talks about how these people, you know, there were people that were still 
able to see when the newborns came that were blind, and they kept, they would teach them things. And, it, and he says in the in the story that their other senses were just so heightened that they were able to live. And where the paths where they walked, they had all curbs on them and so forth. But they came to not realize. They didn't know. They didn't know what was right there. And so many in this world today are in the same place. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. I am the light of the world. And he is the Savior that's come into the land of darkness and the blind with the light. And he's brought salvation so that mankind can be born again, recreated, receive the Spirit of God, and become new creatures who are supernaturally natural, living right on this earth. And then Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are the light of the world. Don't allow your light to be hidden under a bushel. So we're shining wherever we go. One thing we do when we come to church, we get, we bring our, all of our coals together, you might say, and get restored, regenerated. It helps us. But we can do that at home as well. We need times alone with the Lord there. But there's something about it coming together corporately that we need. We're exhorted to do that. But we are today to see this and to choose to believe it. And our part is to believe in our Savior and receive from Him by grace the gift of righteousness that we've been talking about. That means totally right before God. Nothing between me and God. No blemish in me. Some of you got to have the light turned on there. The devil keeps deceiving you. Either you don't know it, you have not known this before or heard it, or you just are deceived by the enemy where he tells you, keep, tries to keep you under condemnation. That's what he wants to do. You are complete in Christ Jesus. You are never going to be more righteous than you are today. In your spirit. Sure, you have the flesh. The flesh. Now what we're to do is to do works of righteousness with our flesh. But all of us here are human. Still. I mean, we still have a human body or we wouldn't be here now. And so we make mistakes. And we do we just do. But our spirit man, our spirit woman is totally right before God. 
and our mind is being renewed by the word, our mind isn't born again either, our brain and mind, but our mind is renewed by the word of God. It's brought in line. It's brought right. It's brought to righteous thinking through the word. And then our flesh, I as a spirit man or a spirit woman, I need to submit my body unto God as a living sacrifice every day, moment by moment probably. But I am totally right before God. You are totally right before God right now. And our life is to be a life of rest. In Christ Jesus and his finished work that he accomplished through his great sacrifice. So it's time to rest from your own efforts and to enjoy Jesus. Enjoy life in him. The devil hates it when we come to have knowledge of grace and then receive it in our lives because it causes us to reign in life. We come out from under condemnation and we reign. And when we reign, the new us, that spirit born again heart of ours, reigning in, with Christ, then the devil does not reign in our life. Sin and darkness do not reign in our life. Romans 5, 17. Holman Christian Standard Bible says, Since by one man's, that's Adam's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more, say that, how much more, more, will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness. What's that? Righteousness is what we've been talking about. It's being right. Not wrong, right. They shall reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. That's how we reign. It's through Jesus Christ. And here's the New Living Translation of that that verse, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. That's reigning in life and death in every aspect of our lives. You say, well, what does that mean? What does that cover? It means anything where life isn't reigning in you. Any area where life isn't reigning. It can be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, yeah, financially too. Every area, every aspect. 
every way. We receive the light. We receive the light. Jesus has come. He has come into the valley of darkness, into the place of darkness. And we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness, it says in Colossians 1. We've been translated, we've been taken from the kingdom of darkness, and we've been translated into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's dear Son. That's where we are now. That's where we are. That's where we're to live. And it's all by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we're going to partake of communion today. I'd like to ask those that are going to help to distribute the, the elements to come forward now. Praise God. And again, I want to invite those that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ um, to partake with us today as we, as we share these, as we distribute these together. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 11 here, Anthony. Starting at verse 23. It says, therefore, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. This is Apostle Paul talking or writing to the Corinthians. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks... He broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance Of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come, comes. And that's what we're doing as we partake of this together. We're remembering what Jesus did for us. He came. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Through him is how we come to God the Father. But it's all through his broken body and his spilled blood. And today, 
any of the areas that we may be experiencing something less than abundant life in the areas that I mentioned earlier. Maybe it is in your physical body. Maybe it's in your emotions. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's financially. Well, he was broken that we might be made whole. And what we do is we receive of that which has been already given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ into our lives. And we receive it by faith. That's how we receive it. It's not by sight, it's by faith that we receive. And so, as we partake, has everybody received, by the way? Raise your hand if you have not, we'll get it to you. As we partake of the bread, let's receive it as the life of Jesus Christ coming forth even from our spirit, the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within our spirits to quicken, to make alive our mortal bodies or to touch these other aspects of our life. Let's receive that by faith now. By faith. In Jesus' name. And we do that now. In Jesus' name. And we thank God that there's that continuous flow of that fountain filled with blood. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin. Because we as human beings, we, we don't even realize probably all the areas that we can miss, miss it. Where we get off where the flesh gets involved there and we are in areas of sin. But as we walk in the light that we know, as we are in the light, in his light, his blood cleanses us. And we can go to him anytime and just receive that fresh flow of his blood. But if we know there's an area that we are in right now, an area of sin, of darkness, of the darkness that's just hurting us. See, the wages of sin is death. So when, when we're missing it, when we're walking out of his ways instead of in them, it will just hurt us. And he doesn't want that. But his blood cleanses. We just sang about that this morning. It's the blood that cleanses me. And so we receive anew and afresh that effectiveness of the blood of Jesus. So let's partake now in remembering him. <clears throat> 